0: The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.
1: Welcome, friend. This is Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. Why is it that many people in the church today have so much confusion about assurance of eternal salvation? Stay tuned. We're going to talk about some of those reasons coming right up with Ken Yates and Bob Wilkin. If you're listening on one of our podcast platforms, make sure and give us a like And also Word, a favorable review for us. It's very important in search engine optimization, and it helps us reach to other people. So we say thank you if you're able to help us with that. Our website is faithalone.org. We hope you'll visit us there, and we'll give you some reasons to do that at the end of the program. Now to our discussion for the day.
2: Ken, we've got a question from someone named
0: Jack. It's a long question, but he basically says he's been struggling with the assurance of his eternal salvation, that he does believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, but he has been well, misled. By the way,
2: let me pause right there. Haven't you heard people say Jesus is my only hope of heaven? Yes. What that means is he's my best chance. Sure. It doesn't mean Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that by faith in him, I know I have eternal life. It means either I'm going by Jesus or I'm not going.
0: Yeah, like a Lordship Salvation or an Arminian would say Jesus is my only hope, but he doesn't mean the same thing we do. No. <laughs> he means I got to keep doing work, and if I do it, I'll either show that I'm really saved or I won't lose my salvation. Right,
2: but the other part is, can I hope we don't say Jesus is my only hope of heaven. Right. Because he's not our only hope of heaven. He's our guarantee.
0: Sure. We have assurance. Okay, so go ahead. What else does he say? Right. He watched a video which gave a checklist, things that you needed to check off to see if you were saved or not. And he said on the list, he didn't check all of them, but he checked some of them. And he goes, I don't want to be trusting in my works, but he literally says, I'm scared. And then they said, when you're saved, you'll feel like you are saved. Haven't
2: we all heard that? Yes. And I don't ever get that. (laughs) What does
0: it feel like? It reminds me of the Mormons who say you'll feel what? A strange warming in your bosom. A burning in the bosom. A burning in the bosom. That's it. And so I always say, well, if you have pepperoni pizza the night before, maybe that's what's burning (laughs) in your bosom. But he basically asked the question, how can I unlearn this lordship salvation nonsense and just be relaxed in my assurance?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And my answer would be the Word of God is the only way in which we can be certain of our eternal destiny. When I was on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ, one of the best things about the four law booklet was we had this little diagram of a three-car train. You had the engine and you had the middle car, and you had the caboose. The engine was fact, and then the middle car was faith, and the caboose was feelings. And they said, we base our salvation on the facts of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death for us, his resurrection for us, his promise of everlasting life. We base that on faith in the facts, the feelings come and go. So what Jack's talking about here is, first of all, you got people looking for feelings. And secondly, you've got them talking about repentance, not faith. And so if Jack wants assurance, how does he put it? You said something
0: about lordship, salvation, nonsense. (laughs) Well, that's a question. But he says, I don't want to be trusting in my works. And that's what he's doing. He's trusting in the people who are misleading him are telling him to trust in his works. You know, here's your checklist. And then your feelings.
2: Yeah. And so the simple answer to that is pray about this. Remember, we talked in a previous show about John 4.10, where Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you this living water. So asking for the living water, asking for the message of life is appropriate. Jack knows a little bit about the free grace position, but not enough yet that he's convinced. He calls it lordship salvation nonsense, but yet... He's still going through doubts. And so what I would suggest to Jack is pray about this, ask God to show him the truth, ask God to give him assurance, and read the Gospel of John. I'd suggest a chapter a day and pray about it. Lord, is it really this simple? Is it just by faith in Christ? Once he sees that John 3.16 is not some isolated teaching in John's Gospel, but it's over and over and over again, That the one who believes in Jesus will never hunger, will never thirst, will never perish, will never die spiritually, will never be cast out, but that this person has everlasting life. Once he sees that, at some point, God's going to open his eyes and he's going to have assurance. We don't know if Jack had assurance in the past and lost it. That seems to be the impression here. Right. In any case, that's what he needs.
0: I travel a lot this has got to be the biggest problem that i see the biggest issue that i see in the churches that i speak in people are struggling with assurance and you never know are these people who had assurance before and now they've lost it or they've never had assurance and so this is a very common thing our churches are filled with people like this. They're wondering, do I feel saved? Have I checked off enough works on this list? He calls it a checklist that he saw on this video. All of us, if we fall into that trap, it'll rob us of our assurance. We'll look at that list and we'll say, well, there's a list of 10 things and I only got three of them.
2: Uh, John MacArthur has a book on assurance. (laughs) and He talks about being sure But yet when you read the book, you can't be sure. All kinds of Calvinists talk about assurance, and they even talk about full assurance. But what they mean is some level of confidence. They mean what Jack's struggling with. This is what they think is the normal Christian life. In fact, David Engelsma, who's a five-point Calvinist, but who sees the problems and comes at it from a grace perspective, he says that the Puritanism, or the English branch of Calvinism, basically is a gospel of doubt. And he says people are forever on a quest for assurance. Isn't that what Jack's describing? That's exactly what's going on it's here. It's a quest for assurance. And Joel Beakey, who did his doctoral dissertation at Westminster Seminary, a leading Calvinist school, talks about the quest for assurance.
0: And I would also add, do we really think that God wants his children To live like this?
2: Yeah, exactly. No. But let me ask you this. You and I, I I picked you up at the airport the day before yesterday, and we were coming back to my house, and your daughter called, right? One of your daughters. She has a son, and... Kelly. Kelly uh, was talking to you on the phone, and Kelly is how old? Kelly's four. So he's in preschool, but he was learning how to write sentences, so it must be an advanced kid. But the thing about it is, you want your grandson, Kelly, you want him to absolutely know that Poppy loves him, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He's basking in your love, and his mom loves him, and his dad loves him. And doesn't that make for
0: a healthy environment to grow up and mature? Yes, and spiritually, to think, as we hear all these checklists and all these things, that God wants us to live... In such a state, like like the question, I'm afraid. He says, I'm scared. we got to really ask the question, does God, our Heavenly Father, want us to live like that?
2: Okay, but let me ask a, a related question. Do Lordship Salvation preachers want the people in their congregations to live like that?
0: I would say yes, they do.
2: What this guy's been hearing is preachers who feel that a vital part of Christian growth is lack of assurance.
0: Yes, or, and, and some of them will even say it. It's a good thing. It keeps us on our toes.
2: Right. <laughs> right. And so what's one of their motivations to live for God? Fear. Fear of what?
0: Fear of a uh, lake of fire. Yeah. R-
2: right. A fear of hell. Fear of spending eternity in the lake of fire. And it's viewed, oftentimes people don't say it quite that baldly. What they will say is God gives us a bunch of warning passages, and he warns us that if we fall away, we're going to the lake of fire. If we fall away, we're not going to have what they call final salvation. And so they say God uses the warning passages to motivate us to live for God and to obtain final salvation. And it all kind of makes some sense, you know. It's like if you think, That somehow getting to heaven is a race, and we run this race, and if we're successful in the race, we make it to heaven, then it makes a certain amount of sense. In fact, there's a book... Uh, you have some kind of degree from Southern Seminary, right? What do you have from Southern?
0: Yeah, when I was in the military, they sent me to Southern for a THM so in, you in have biblical a, ethics, right? So
2: mm. you have a THM both from Dallas Seminary and from Southern. Uh, one of the guys there is is named Tom Schreiner. He's a leading New Testament scholar.
0: Yeah, he was on my uh, committee. Oh, he right. was? Yes. Okay.
2: Uh-huh. So Schreiner and a guy named uh, Ardell Cannaday wrote a book called The Race Set Before Us, and they have a chart in the book showing a runner running a race, running toward the finish line. And it's a big race. It's a multi-marathon, ultra-marathon. It's a lifetime race. And basically what they say on the chart is that the goal is everlasting life. They call it the prize. The prize is everlasting life. And if the Christian continues to run the race, he wins the prize that is everlasting life. But if he stops running the race, he doesn't win the prize.
0: Right. And how many of us know if we're going to keep running the race? Or how well we're going to run the race? Well, (laughs) actually, their
2: point is we don't. Right. But they call their view the means of salvation view, that the warning passages are the means by which God gives us final salvation. He warns us that if we stop running, we're going to hell. And that is the means by which we're saved. So what they think is... If you tell someone, no, Jesus said, he who believes in me has everlasting life, and if you simply believe, then you're secure forever. They think that's a bad thing because now people aren't going to be highly motivated to live for God, and as a result, they won't try hard enough, and they're going to end up going to hell.
0: So the motivation is fear. Instead of gratitude, I'm talking about the motivation for living a godly life. Right. In their view, it's fear that you're going to go to hell, whereas in the scriptures, what it teaches us is no, gratitude for what he's done for us in Christ.
2: Yeah, and I recently read a comment by Zane Hodges in which he said, these Lordship Salvation preachers have the idea somehow that fear of hell is a more powerful motivation than love for God.
0: Absolutely. His grace. Yeah. I just want to say to all the listeners, you know you have eternal life because of Christ's promise, and that is exactly the way God wants us to live our lives. Read the Gospel of John. Amen. It'll encourage you.
2: All right. Well, keep grace in focus.
1: Thank you, gentlemen, for that great discussion. Did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear? Just come to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace and Focus, you can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode of Grace in Focus, who are the Rechabites and where do we find them in the Bible? What lesson can we learn from them? I hope you'll join us next time. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep Grace in Focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.